Hello, hello. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you here today. I'm not usually the one to say welcome now that uh, Zach's been here for a good while. Zach does a great job of that. We're delighted to have you sharing our worship time this morning. It's going to be a wonderful time of worship. I would remind you of several things going on this week, and they're important things, and they're in your bulletin. So please take time to read those. Also, if you are a guest, a first-time guest, or a second-time guest, or how many times you've been here, we still want you to fill this out. There's a card on the side of the bulletin. It's a perforated tab that you can take, fill it out, tear it off, put it in the offering plate. And also for members and guests as well, if there's a prayer need, something you'd like to share with our pastor and staff, we pray over the needs that you share with us. So please take that and put it on the offering plate as well. Just write your prayer need on there, and then when the offering plate passes, put that in there. And we will be very aware of the prayer needs that you mentioned to us. So come ahead, brother. There's a gentleman here going to talk to us just for a minute. Good morning. It is good to see all of you. It is the Trinity's pleasure that I'm standing here. God's laid something on my heart that uh, I've got to get out right now. My next mission is to help someone else. I don't know who it is, where it is, how many. But if you know someone that is hurting and struggling with what's going on in their life, and you know them well enough, ask them if I can have a conversation with them. All I can tell them is my story. The Saturday after my last surgery, I was talking to my son, and he asked me how I was. I said, well, I got a new lease on life. He says, Dad, how many leases have you had? So that started me down the path of trying to remember all the near misses and direct hits that I've taken, all the medical adventures I've had down here at the VA. And it's, God put, he won't let me sleep. It's that simple. I haven't slept good since the Saturday after my surgery because I've got to get this out that I've got to help someone. I don't care who it is, how many, when, where. If you know someone, talk to them. See if I can meet with them. All I can tell them is my story. And just, I don't know. I think I'm fast approaching middle age, so let's hurry up and get this done. Um, this is going to be my next mission. God's granted me another lease, and when he decides that he has finished with me, he'll let me know before he takes me. I have faith in him, and thank you. Thank you, Brother Roy. That's Roy Browning. Roy is a guy that takes care of ushering and making sure this all happens at the same He comes every Sunday morning and wants an order of service, and we talk about the ushers and when that's going to take place. He also helps with security. So thank you, Roy, for what you do, and we'll certainly appreciate that uh, testimony you just gave. We're going to begin with a call to worship this morning. Grace alone is a beautiful piece. Let's stand together as we sing.
Would you join me as we go to the throne of grace? Holy Father, what a joy and privilege again to approach your throne of grace and mercy. Because of grace, we have access unto you. We praise you and thank you that that grace and mercy are new every day. And Father, you continue to pour out your rich and bountiful blessings upon us. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for the privilege, Lord, of gathering to worship you. Thank you for each person that has come today. And Father, we are mindful that there are special needs with many, many that have gathered this morning. And I pray, Father, that as we worship and as we listen to your word this morning, that our hearts will be quickened and tuned anew and afresh unto you, Lord. We pray for that special breath of your spirit upon us, a spirit of revival and renewal within our hearts and within our soul. Father, we are church that needs reviving. We're individuals personally, and we know revival begins within our hearts individually, Lord, as we seek out you in a very special way. This morning, Father, we ask your anointing of our pastor as he proclaims your word. May the Holy Spirit have freedom to work and convict, and may souls be saved this day and then, our Father, may we leave this place rejoicing and saying it's been good to be in your house, but not stop there that we find those, our Father, that do not know you as Savior and Lord and that share the good news of the gospel with them. These things we ask in your precious name. Amen.
Why don't we stand and sing this? Here we go. Let's sing together. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. ahead as we sing. Heavenly Father, we are indeed grateful this morning for your Son who bled and died on Calvary's tree and arose victorious that we may be reconciled back to you. Father, we recognize this morning that without you, apart from you, we are nothing. And Father, all that we have and all that we will be is by your providential hand. Father, I pray that you would bless this holy hour. I pray that you would bless your tithes and offerings this morning. That, Father, it would accomplish much in your name. And, Father, we humbly ask these things. In Jesus' name, amen.
Children's Services. They are formerly used to be called the Kentucky Baptist Children's Home, so now it's a Sunrise Children's Services. The reason I showed that video is because we are eight weeks away, well, it's eight weeks and one day from VBS. So I'm about to give you a VBS commercial for, for this, and um, we have a contest. I'm going to show you seven pictures here of a contest. We have an offering. We have um, uh, a, a contest between the boys versus the girls at Bible school, and our, our, our money that we raised during VBS, and we raised over, I think, $1,300, $1,400 last year. We gave every penny of it to Sunrise Children's Services, and the reason why we give towards them is because we want children giving to children, so it's a great thing. Now, this year, I need your help. We're going to do something. We're, I'm about to tell you about two new things this year to Bible school. Uh, we have um, our offering. Wait, wait before I show the... Go, go back to the first picture there. I'm going to explain what this thing here is. This is a money-sucking machine. This is the greatest way to increase offerings at our church. I need two shop vacs, and I'm going to turn them into octopuses. And, or no, octopi, I think. I think that's the plural of octopus. So anyway, Google that. But what's going to happen is the children come to opening assembly, and they come and they bring their money for the boys, and they walk down the aisle right here. And this machine turns on, and go, go to the next one there so we can see. See, this is the machine. There's 70. Go through these pictures here. That's, that's the, the girls. It won't be blue, it won't be pink there. And one more, we got some more pictures here. See, these are children coming up, and they're holding their money, and the, the shop vac, which is an octopus, it sucks the money out of their hand. The kids love it. Offerings double, triple to the children's home. An incredible way. I, if you have, I need two high-powered shop vacs. I just need to borrow them for one week. It'll be the week of June 18th through 22nd, but I need them actually um, a few weeks before that because uh, Ruth Lyons here in our church has agreed to uh, uh, transform our uh, shop vacs into octopus, uh, octopi, so, and the kids will come up and give. So if you have some shop vacs I can buy, I need, I need the high-powered ones because it's got to suck a lot of money. And it, it, it comes through, then they count them. It is an incredible experience for the children. It's going to be a great way. So that's something new um, we're going to introduce. The other new thing this year for Bible school is we serve an entire meal every night. So uh, and that's great for the kids. We serve a full dinner. But one of the things, we usually have 100 workers. So we need something for them. So we have now created what we call the canteen. So what's the canteen? The canteen is also known as the employee break room. When you walk into the fellowship hall, right off to the left, there's a room there called B1. You can, once you dump your kids out at recreation, if you're a crew leader, you can then run to the canteen and you can hang out. They have drinks there, snack food, junk food. There'll be games. Je guess how many jelly beans are in a jar? We'll have... For healthy choice people, there'll be healthy choice uh, menus. So, and it will open at 5, an hour before Bible school even starts. It will close like 9.15. So any and everyone can show up at the employee break room and get um, some junk food and, and come hang out. It's a way to get away from the kids. So that's going to help entice you all to sign up as leaders for, for uh, VBS. Rick Hawthorne's going to be heading that up. I believe also we're waiting to hear from Kevin and Angela Marshall. This is like the, it's like the social hour. You go there, you hang out. And uh, it's going to be a great experience at the canteen. So um, we'll soon be um, 
uh, maybe like if you're able to fix brownies on Tuesday night or something like that to help. So every night you'll show up at the canteen, there'll be something different. It's always open. You can always go there and, and uh, have a good time. So, but those are a couple of things. Bible school, I want you to mark your calendar. Some of our Bible school leaders, um, Sherry Lyons and Nancy Crawford, they're downstairs, I think, right now in the nursery, helping out with Children's Church, so they're not upstairs. Uh, I want you to be a part of this. We have to recruit for Bible school now because here's what happens in our church. Once May, once you get towards the end of May, people will just vanish. Like summer hits, and if you don't have your workers lined up by like the third week in May, you won't see them again until Bible school starts. So well, you need to go ahead and sign up to be a leader, and it's going to be an incredible week. We share gospel at Bible school. Children come here and they learn about Jesus. It's the most exciting week of the summer and it's, gonna, and it's our offering. It's going to be even better now with uh, money sucking machines. They'll take your money out of your, out of your hand, out of your pocket. So uh, June 18th through 22nd, bring your grandkids. You can sign up online and let Nancy or Sherry or myself know if you want to be a leader. If you have your Bible, and I hope you do t- this morning, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 22. Then after Proverbs, we're going to flip over and we're going to look at Psalm 37, one verse over there. So we're going to look at a couple of scripture here, and we're going to see, this is a message on spiritual maturity. This is a message here about how Jesus Christ wants you to be growing in your faith. I'll never forget, about four or five years ago, I had a friend named Jeremy. He's still my friend. He lives in Atlanta. And um, Jeremy doesn't go to church. In fact, he, he did not grow up in church at all. And he had his, his wife and his kids. And um, I knew them growing up uh, for many years. And uh, I knew he, he lived about an hour away from our house. Well, one, one day he said, Dan, we were just going to come and see you and Sherry and go out to lunch after one Sunday. So I was, I've been inviting and encouraging him because he doesn't go to church. He's unchurched, not saved. And uh, he just has that just a secular mindset, and he came one Sunday, and that Sunday he came, we had kind of, we had a Sunday school director, and we were coming up on a new Sunday school year at our church, and the Sunday school director was kind of giving a big push towards Sunday school, and recruiting new leaders, and promotion Sunday, and strengthening training, and all about Sunday school. Sunday school director stands up here, and Jeremy, our friend, I always sat in the front row, so he sat right, I, I got him still in the second row, always try to get your visitors set up front, they're not distracted, so he sat on the second pew, I had prepped him for that before he even came, so Jeremy, won't you sit on the second pew, because I was really going to preach the gospel that morning, so he came, sat on the second row, Sunday school director, before I even got preached, stands up and gives a, a sales pitch for Sunday school and all that, he raises his hand, this man, godly man, pure heart, and he raises his hand and says, who wants to grow? Who wants to grow? That's how he started. Because that was a way to say, hey, if you don't go to Sunday school, you need to grow spiritually and come in. Now, we, if you're in the church business, and you have been here at church many years, and you grew up a Baptist, and you've been to Sunday school, and you know what the word growth really means in church language. Now, think about it if you did not go to church. If you never went to church, and I was sitting in front of this guy, and I heard Jeremy say, grow? I'm not growing. He thought he was asking, who wants to grow taller? Like, do you want to grow? Like, do you want to gain a couple of inches? Well, I mean, in, in our life, we know 
what, as Christians, that Christian growth implies I'm going to grow closer to God. I'm going to grow in my knowledge of the Scriptures. I'm going to grow closer to Jesus. But from an unchurched person who does not understand, when we use the word growth in church, they don't get it. Or they get the word growth anywhere else means you're going to grow up. I'm going to grow up and be a, a tall little boy or a tall little girl. So when I use the word grow this morning, I'm talking about spiritual growth in your life. The Bible expects us of that. The Lord expects you and I to grow. We need to have a growing walk with the Lord. So we're going to look at these verses here. Proverbs chapter 22, verses 1 through 3. A good name is to be chosen over great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord makes them all. A sensible person sees danger and takes cover, but the inexperienced keeps going and are punished. Now, we read these verses here. I want to pull a couple things out. It talks about a good name. What's a good name? It talks about a sensible person. He draws a contrast here from the inexperienced. So we see here that there's some differences from someone who loves and serves the Lord from a sensible person to a good person, someone with a good name, to someone who's inexperienced. Christian growth, moving on towards maturity and your faith in the Lord, involves Becoming a sensible, not becoming an inexperienced, not allowing yourself to find getting tripped up by the same old stuff. So the, we're going to answer the question, are you a growing Christian? Are you growing in your relationship, in your walk with the Lord? Many churches, many pews, even maybe this morning, are filled with people who are actually born-again believers. They've been saved, but they cease to grow. They just are not growing in their relationship with Jesus. It's just not happening. Do you know your heart can actually be right with God, and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but spiritually you are still immature. You're saved. You know the Lord. But in your relationship with Jesus, you are not there. You're what the Bible refers to as a babe in Christ. Nothing will hold back you as a believer, or even a church, more than immaturity. Immaturity means, like in verse 3 when it says here, the sensible person, someone who sees danger and recognizes, I don't need to get involved in this, I'm going to take cover, versus an inexperienced person who keeps getting tripped up. A person who is habitually struggling with sin is a sign of, spiritual immaturity they haven't learned they haven't allowed god to teach them how to overcome this sin in their life or to how to win, have have victory in this area of their life and the bible calls them inexperienced ephesians 4 13 commands us as believers that we are to be growing in our maturity this is not optional for us we are expected by the lord that he wants us to grow i want to tell you satan is actually having his way today the reason why Satan's winning is because he's fighting against an army of kindergartners. Spiritual kindergartners. Children. He's winning. 
We, if you are not growing in your relationship with the Lord, you will lose spiritual battles. Satan will win in your life. You'll be saved, but you will struggle. Churches will struggle. And what will happen is you will come about and you think, God, I'm just not seeing a breakthrough in my life. And what I mean by this is your marriage is struggling, your children are struggling, there's no desire for the Lord, there's not a passion for the gospel. You really don't want to be here. You have dull ears, and the Bible describes that, to hearing God's Word. We have to guard ourselves about becoming stagnant. I remember about six or seven years ago, I baptized a man named Denver. <clears throat> he got saved and he played in our band at church. Denver gave his life to the Lord. And he went through believer's baptism. And the guy was on fire. You know, new believers... When they get saved and they give their life to the Lord, I mean, he just had a passion. He was one of these guys. He didn't get baptized and you know, come every other Sunday. This guy got saved and baptized, church. And he was at the church every time the doors were open. Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night. Was, I mean, just, just, I mean, he was in line to be a deacon. I mean, he just he jumped right in and he was growing. And he just grew really fast. He just immersed himself in the scriptures, in the passion for the Lord. And we were in a season in our church that things were just busy, incredibly busy things going on. Just every day it seems like there's an event. And when you get like that, you have to guard yourself in that season when you're busy. You know, there's usually extremes in spiritual life. There's being too busy over here, and then there's being too bored. <clears throat> They're both dangerous. And we were in a busy season. And truthfully, I just didn't have a lot of time. To, and there's no excuse for this, the amount of time I was putting into the messages and the sermons and the Bible studies, it just wasn't there because I was doing a million other things over here. And he came up to me one Sunday after church was there and said, Daniel, brother, I need to talk to you. And he had been, he, I mean, he had been saved about seven, eight, nine months at this point, just, just on fire. So I thought, all right, well, we stepped off the side, a little side room, a little side church conversation. And he said, what's up, Denver? What's going on? I said, man, you just... Brother, you just seem dry. You turn stale. You know, you, most people don't tell people this. You don't tell preachers. So, brother, you're going stale. Is everything okay? It's just the passion's not there. And I want to tell you, that fired me up. And he was right because I was too busy. I had become, I was no longer growing in my personal walk with the Lord because, truthfully, I didn't have time. And there's no excuse for that. And I want to tell you, that can happen to any one of us. You just stall out spiritually. And you find yourself going through a routine, going through the motions. We, when you are growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ, you are not stale. You're not. Because you have a vibrant walk with Jesus. And He keeps you alive. When you move to maturity... The excitement and passion for the Lord, you, you will see it in other people. Jesus doesn't want us to just keep cranking them out. We don't just come to church and crank out sermons, crank out Sunday school lessons, crank another VBS, here we go again. We're going to go beg for leaders. That's not, what, that's not the godly life Jesus has saved us for. Listen, every time you walk in these doors, you should be excited that... God, who, what soul is going to get saved? 
How's the gospel going to go out and speak to folks? What lost person, what Jeremy is going to be on the second pew that someone invited? There's an anticipation and excitement that I am in God's house. He created me for this purpose to worship Him. And I'm going to come here because I have a growing relationship with King Jesus and He's going to speak truth into my heart. Listen, every, that is what a mature Christian looks like. A spiritually immature person or a person who is stagnated is in a rut, in a routine. And I want to tell you, that's how Satan wins over your life. When he gets you in that place, you are cranking out just another Sunday, just another day, just another sermon. I've heard them all. You've read, I've read the whole book of Proverbs. I already know this proverb. He's not telling me anything new. That's what it's like. Literally, you're in a rut. So what we see here is spiritual growth. It is actually no accident. If you're here this morning, you say, if you're like the Sunday school director at Race, do you want to grow? If you say, yes, I want to grow and be like Jesus, it is not an accident if you're going to grow closer to Christ. It's not. You just, you just don't grow by default. <clears throat> but also, no one says, I love living a stagnated life. I love being stuck spiritually. So here's, how, here's some here's some principles that we know that we are growing to Christian maturity. Number one, growth requires time. Now I tell you, some of you, you will actually grow faster than others. If you are, the best way to grow is you give your, you give your time to God. Say, God, my time is now your time. If you don't give time to the Lord, you're not going to grow. People are fighting for your time. Basically, life is a Life is essentially a fight. Okay, what are you going to give your time to? And are you giving it to God? Number two, uh, growth requires substance. Have you ever heard uh, someone describe a preacher as there's no meat in the sermons, or it's just shallow, or it's just, I mean, it's like, you know, children's Sunday school, or it's just, there's nothing there. Spiritual growth requires sub substance. You need to spend time to study and learn the major doctrines of Scripture. You need to understand as believers Okay, I'm not just going to read the stories of Jesus over and over again. I want to know, what does the word justification mean? What really happened when Jesus died on the cross? And the, the word atonement, how He atoned for our sins. These are biblical words you need to spend time getting in God's Word. There needs to be substance in your spiritual life. Sunday school lessons and sermons, it should, be, it should be centered on the deepness and the richness of this book right here. That's, that's how you're going to grow, by knowledge of the Word. 1 Peter 2.2 2 says, Like newborn infants, desire pure milk of the Word, so that you may grow up in your salvation. Meaning you should be growing on, starting on milk, and just maturing to real food, the Bible says there in 1 Peter chapter 2. You don't remain on milk, but you start that. Some of you aren't even drinking milk. You're just starving, spiritually starving in your walk with the Lord. And God's speaking to you and you need substance. You need to know and have a, have a deeper knowledge for God's Word. Not only that, growth requires discipline. <clears throat> we do not sit soaking sour. If you come to church and you are not disciplined in your walk, walk, you will literally sit and you soak, you just take stuff in, and then eventually you go sour. 
And what that means is you go rogue. You get critical, you get negative. God wants His people serving. We are saved to serve the Lord. We are soul winners. Jesus Christ wants us to go out and advance His kingdom. That's our passion and desire. Spiritual growth is not automatic with the passing of time. It doesn't just happen. It, you, there's no auto, no auto mode. Many Christians, you've grown older, but you have not grown more mature in your walk. It has not happened. So the real goal for us here, and we're about to look, I'm going to put up on the board, the four types of Christians. The real goal of what Jesus Christ is speaking to us is He's telling you and I that we need to get busy for the Lord. We are not to sit around being immature and not reproducing. Lexington is a young city. Yesterday, I went and ate at Chick-fil-A down the road. I took the kids there because they have a playground. We love Chick-fil-A. I, was, I looked around at that place. I was the oldest. I'm an old man at that place. It was just kids everywhere. I was the oldest person in the whole building. I mean, all of UK was there. They had college students all over the place. Every young family's in the world. And I just look around. I go, my goodness. This is a youthful, youthful city. Our church demographics is not reflective of Lexington. It's not. This is a young city. Young folks are everywhere. Our schools are packed. We have a massive university. We have a responsibility as mature believers to be reproducing the gospel. We have to. It's, not, it's a non-negotiable. And I looked around Chick-fil-A yesterday, here on Harrisburg Road, and think, you know, look, at the, look at the youngness here of our, of our community. It was reflective of that. Jesus Christ saved you so you could be instrumental in reproducing and leading people. And I want to tell you, say, how do I get to know these folks? I mean, it starts with your family, your children, your grandchildren, helping out in your church, being intentional in different ministries. You're saying, I'm going to, God, I'm going to take the gospel and I'm going to reproduce myself. I had people invest in my life. You should be investing in other people's life. That's what spiritual growth is. You're a reproducible believer. It's not automatic. And it's a shame so many Christians aren't doing this. They sit so sour. And it occurs everywhere. Four things. Look, we hear four types of Christians found in churches. I, I think we have this up here on the board. Here they are. Now, these are people who are saved, we're talking about. We're not talking about lost people. We're talking about people who know the Lord. Now, they might not be growing closer to the Lord, but they are born-again believers. They've given their life to Jesus. Many folks, many Christians are just part of a crowd. And what that means is you're here. Now, whatever reason, you might have came with a friend, you could be visiting, your church shopping, I mean, whatever reason, you're just here. And you're part of the crowd. God, God brought you here. The crowd, very, no commitment. They come, they evaluate, and they usually leave. And it's just, that's the crowd. There's always crowd in whatever you do. And number two, there's the consumers. These are folks that maybe you're, you're coming. And you're, you're attending, you're beginning to connect in some sense of community, but there's really still not a deep commitment. There's not reproducing. There's a loose connection. You might like the church, you've been coming a few months, you're growing somewhat, you come whenever you can, 
I guess you sort of tell folks Broadway's your church. You're just consuming. Number three, this is, this is a tricky one because this is where we get, we get hung up. This is where we get stuck. Communers. Communers someone who's a card-carrying member of the church. They're faithful, they're pew dwellers. You say, Pastor, what's wrong with that? These are the folks, this is where I get stuck. This is where a lot of us, we come, we're faithful, we're card-carrying members. We love our church, we love our staff, the pastor, we support, we're in the pews, but there's still something missing in our life. It's, we're not, we, haven't, we haven't arrived yet. And this is where, number four, this is where God is leading us. This is when, this is when spiritual maturity occurs. When you become the commission. Remember the Great Commission? Jesus Christ came and He commissioned His disciples. He says, you are going to go into the world and make disciples. He said, guys, you're going to invest in other men. You're going to invest in other folks. There's going to be lost people who do not know Jesus and you're going to pour your life into them. A commissioned person is when you've moved from what's in it for me to who is the Holy Spirit calling me to befriend. Who's going to be my Jeremy that I put on the second pew that's going to hear about Jesus? Who's going to be the person you brought into my life, Lord, that I can be a witness to? When you start thinking like a commissioned person, that you realize every day you go out and God is going to put people in your path for the very purpose of winning them to Jesus. That is spiritual maturity. That is what a person, a saved person, looks like. Turn in your Bible here to Psalm chapter 37. This is, should be our prayer I want you to read. Psalm 37, verse 23. <clears throat> the Lord speaks to us and He tells us this verse because we want to be believers. We want to be a church. We want to be a body that we walk about and say, Lord, You direct my steps. Lord, You lead me in where You're going. Psalm 37, 23, it says, A person's steps are established by the Lord, and he takes pleasure in his way, meaning he takes pleasure in God's way. A person's steps are established by the Lord. A person's steps, a man's steps, are set in the Lord. Church, what that means is God directs our steps. It is not an accident what the Lord is doing in your life. God is leading you. God is directing you. And we want to be believers. You want to be a type of Christian that you're saying, Lord, I want you to direct my path. I want you to lead me along. We need to know what spiritual maturity looks like. And it looks like when you're telling the Lord, says, Lord, I'm yours. I'm going to make a commitment today that you are going to lead me. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I follow the Lord. Let me illustrate this. This is a true story. It's almost a comical story. It is a comical story. <clears throat> Many years ago, I did a wedding in my early days. In fact, it was one of my first weddings I officiated. And uh, we had the wedding. I was a young man, Sherry and I, just married. Little Daniel had just been born. And I officiated this wedding. And afterwards, uh, the, uh, the, the, the groom and the bride, and the, the groom throws the, uh, 
Friday night. What's, what is that, anyway? The, the Friday night meal that the groom throws for everybody. I can't remember the name, but they, they invited me to it. So I, I went to that special Friday night dinner, and they, the guy, uh, a guy side of the family invited me to come. So I'm there at this dinner, and um, the a rehearsal dinner. That's what it is. The rehearsal dinner. I'm there. And a nice place we went to, and I had heard about this happening. It never happened to me before in my life. <clears throat> and we were getting ready to leave. And the groom's father shook my hand. And that's, you know, we're about to leave. We're speaking, hey, see you tomorrow. Great, y'all are great. A lovely couple. We love you. Blah, blah, blah. You know how it goes. You're telling how great they are. So, and the groom's father shook my hand. I had only heard about these things happening. He shook my hand. And I felt something he was trying to give me. <clears throat> I had heard about these events, but never it happened to me in my whole life. I want you to know, if a preacher ever, lie, if ever talks about this, he's lying. Preachers know what this stuff feels like. <clears throat> and I felt that. And I looked down. Church, there was a Benjamin Franklin there. He was slipping me a $100 bill. Never in my life had I had a $100 handshake. I looked down and go, my goodness. And then the gentleman says, sir, that's for you. Thank you for officiating my son's wedding here. We, we really appreciate what you and Sherry are doing and blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at that thinking, wow. That's a $100 bill this man's giving me. It was, one of my, it was probably my first wedding. So I need to get in the wedding business. I didn't know this part of the deal. So I took that. I immediately put it in my pocket, hid it from Sherry. So she didn't, she didn't know I had a $100 bill there. Put it in my pocket. And I thought about that. First time ever I've had a $100 handshake. But the moment my hand touched his hand, and I felt of that, I knew what that was. Now, we all know, every preacher knows what money feels like. You probably know what money feels like. Church, we know what money feels like. But do you know what spiritual growth looks like? We know what money is. But guys, do you know what it looks like to grow closer to Jesus? I'm afraid we don't. We know what stuff costs, and we know what Benjamin Franklin's feel like and what they can do. But Jesus wants something more. He wants you to be growing like His Son. We are commanded to be like Jesus Christ. He is expecting every single one of us here. We should know as born-again believers that if you got saved on this date, eight months later, like my friend Denver, you should be closer to Jesus Christ. Some of you are stuck you are not showing the marks of spiritual maturity. And God is speaking to you, saying, you know what money, you know what a $100 handshake looks like, but you do not know what it means like to be in the grace and the likeness of my son Jesus. The mark of maturity is a transformed life. You should be different. Jesus Christ has saved you. He has set you apart. He has made you into the likeness of his son. And church, are you growing into that? Are you maturing in your faith? Listen, do not try to grow up before you are born. 
Some of you first, the reason maybe you're not growing is because you've never been born again. We're about to have our invitation. Jesus Christ is calling you. You need to be born again. Jesus Christ is speaking to you and saying, the reason you're not growing is because you're not saved. First, you're born again. A man should be born twice. Obviously at birth, and then he's born again. Jesus Christ wants to see people become more and more in the maturity like His Son. But until you come and receive Him by faith and say, Jesus, I want to be saved. I trust in Your Son. I want Him to be the Lord of my life. And I'm ready to start growing. Some of you, maybe the reason you are not growing, period, you are not growing at all, is because you've never been saved. Spiritual growth comes. I'm telling you, if you were in God's house, you were with God's people, and you were in God's Word, you're going to grow. It will happen. It, It naturally follows. Just like you grow up as a young boy or a young girl, you're going to grow closer to Jesus Christ. You need to make this commitment this morning. Say, Lord, I'm ready to grow. And if I'm not growing, I need to first get born again. I need to come into the family of faith, and then I will grow. There should be an expectation. Growth is transformation. Your life should be different. When you see people who do not go to church, God should be speaking to you and says, How can I witness to them? How can I invite them to Broadway? How can I I work the word Jesus? How can I work the Lord into a conversation? Guys, we got to be passionate about the Lord. we got to be passionate about seeing that other people are growing in their relationship with the Lord. Christ is calling us to maturity. And it just it does not happen by default. It's not automatic. It's something you have to strive towards. And a lot of us just don't know what it looks like. It looks like you can look back on your life and say, I am closer to the Lord today than I was at this period. If that is you this morning, we're about to have our invitation. I want you to make a promise. I want you to make a commitment to the Lord that you're going to grow spiritually. You're going to start having maturity in your walk with the Lord. God, I pray for the folks this morning. Lord, I pray that we make a promise and commitment to you. The Lord's spiritual growth, it is not an option. Lord, we all know what money feels like. And we know the power of money. But Lord, we need to know what spiritual growth Looks like and it feels like in our life. And Lord, I pray this morning, if there's someone here that maybe they have never been born again, maybe they've never, the reason they're not growing is because they're not saved. Lord, I pray you will put the substance in their life of you, Lord, of Jesus. Make them stumble over the cross. Make them fall to their knees and cry out, Abba, Father. Lord, you bring us, you draw us to yourself. Lord, I pray Broadway is a spiritually mature, spiritually devout church. Lord, we give you this invitation. I pray that if there's somebody here that needs to make a decision, they need to join our church, they need to get saved, they need to come forward for baptism. Lord, you speak to us, you command us to respond. You you called Nicodemus to respond, he responded at night. You called Zacchaeus to respond, he responded during the day. Lord, let's be like Zacchaeus. We publicly follow you. Lord, we just pray this invitation. It's yours. We give it to you. We lay it at the altar. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to have our invitation. David Dell is going to lead us in our song as always. I'm standing down front waiting for you to respond. Let's stand together and we're going to sing. We're going to sing in our hymn book, hymn number 437. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Take up thy cross.
special person Steve Woodyard is 92 years old today Steve raise your hand today is his birthday so it is it's actually today so I want to wish him a happy birthday for that so it's certainly exciting so with that I want to remind everybody we have church tonight we do Sunday evening worship and you're certainly invited to uh, come back to church six o'clock we have youth group as well as um, uh, children's ministry team kid going on so it's a great time uh, for that so certainly want to invite you to uh, be a part. Remember, if you have a shop vac, I'm looking for one, please let me know. But I'm looking for two. They've got to be high-powered and they can suck lots of money up. So do let me know because uh, we've got to start, uh, start getting ready for that. So with that. So I'm going to ask David if he'll close All right, we're going to sing happy birthday to Steve happy birthday. on the way out here. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Steve. Good. Have a <laughs>